This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome to another edition of Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism only on America's WebRadio.com. I got to give credit where credit's due, David. Obama never let an ISIS go to waste. <laughs> yeah, you remember the old the old Democrat mantra: never let a crisis go yeah, to waste. Yeah. Anytime something bad happens, let let's capitalize and manipulate it for our own good. Let's grow government at every opportunity that we can to get people more dependent. Yeah. Well, what I always thought is, why don't we look at a crisis, or an ISIS in this case? And figure out how to really solve the problem and not do it just for propaganda purposes. What do you think about our airstrike campaign in Syria? I, I, I personally, let me just, you're, I know you're the military veteran in the room. I actually think it's the right move at this point for us to, to do. Because I, I do think when they're chopping off Americans' heads, we've got to do something. Well, I, that I agree with. That I totally agree with. However, the way it was done, uh, I think it was a political thing. I think Obama's going to stand in front of a mirror beating on his chest saying how great I am. I sent in <laughs> I sent in Tomahawk missiles and drones. Well, the fact of the matter is, and we haven't gotten a damage report from anybody yet, but the fact of the matter is, my question is, did he send them engraved invitations at our expense telling them when we're coming, or did he just use a legal pad and send it to them? Then you add on top of it uh, the coalition, quote, end quote. Well, uh, you know, Qatar plays both sides of the fence. They've been supporting ISIS. Now, what would keep old... Joe Mohammed Talhead from calling up Ralph Talhead in ISIS and saying, "Hey, by the way, you better get your ass in the in the hole because they're coming to bomb you tomorrow." You know, I mean, this is the, the whole yeah. thing I, is not military. No. This it's political yep. and it's BS. And I'm sorry, I, you don't. You know, there's the old saying from World War II: "Loose lips sink ships." Yeah. Well, this guy had diarrhea. Of right. The lips. Right. Well, I mean, that that's the problem. No. I have- no boots on the ground. I have 100% confidence, 110% confidence in our military. I have zero confidence in our commander-in-chief, and I'm making the quotes sign if you aren't watching us on live stream right now because we, we have somebody that really detests the military. He grew up uh, mentored by communists and, and communist sympathizers grew up hating American imperialism. So the the irony that he is now able to command the strongest military force in the history of the world just it it's pretty depressing actually. But the fact that he would use it just for propaganda purposes. I mean, this White House does so much propaganda, it would make Joseph Goebbels blush, I think. Yeah. And, and 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 you can say that's a hyperbolic statement, but Literally everything they do, they do is for political theater. When he signs the uh, health care law bill, he's got all these little beaming little children around him, uses 30 different pens, and then goes on a signing tour of it. And, the, uh, and he brings out hundreds of doctors to stand behind him. Or who knows what? They, they were just people in white lab coats. But, but the theater, the kabuki theater of this administration should scare people. Well, but what should scare you even more 
is the fact that the low information voters watch this stuff, and that's what what persuades them. Oh, yeah, you know, like I said, he's going to. I'm sure he's probably he's probably he's probably got a, he's probably got a flak jacket on and yeah. uh, going to stand on top of a tank, and a, uh, you know, helmet or you know, helmet liner <laughs> on or something. Yeah, with I a mean, mission accomplished sign behind him. Yeah. Hey, you know, I I don't know if we'll ever have another military person as president of the United States. I don't know. Don't have a crystal yeah. ball. Yeah. But. You know, to have a community organizer in there making, and I don't have, I could even get along with that if he listened to his advisors, if he listened to the military. If he didn't fire if, the 30, remember he yeah, fired 30 not of only them? Fire him, but he's also cut, you know, we're out of Tomahawk missiles. We're out of them. Was that we're, from the sequester or from the Obama from the idea? From this, okay. So, you know, we're we're struggling. We're going to be <coughs> shooting peas with pea shooters at, him, at the next enemy. And this is scary. And it sort of it goes again. My mind can't get a handle on why does Homeland Security need a billion rounds of ammunition right. and we can't afford to well, buy and, and weapons. Look, and, and look at what we're doing with our cities and municipal and counties. They're buying all this surplus military machinery, and it seems like, well... Maybe we might. <laughs> Maybe know. we need it now. And again, I'm always leery about our our um, arming the moderate Muslims. I um I don't know. I, I think you're more likely to see a, a unicorn than a than a moderate Muslim who's out there fighting. Now, granted, there are Muslims here in the United States that all they want to do is go to you know go to their mosque and worship, and they follow the the Quran and and they they follow the non literal version of it. I mean, David, if you ever read the Bible, the Bible's got some pretty... You've heard the term biblical justice. Uh, so the Bible, basically, modern-day Christians, they do not purport to uh, you prosecute with the, the biblical definition of justice, because it's pretty extreme. Unfortunately, the, 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 the militant arm of, of, of Islam, or Muslims, which, by the way, ISIS, it's certainly Islam. They're they're killing in the name of Islam. So if you're killing in the name, and I think that was a song by Rage Against the Machine many years ago, but, uh, back when I was in college, but if you're killing in the name of the religion, then it is most certainly a, a, a part of it, a subtext of the said religion, and to deny that fact makes you look like a blathering idiot. Amen. Amen. Wait, wait, wait. Inshallah. Did I say that right? Yeah. Yeah, the other point, along with exactly what you're saying, is that, yes, I, I, I've read the Bible. I read it every morning. I go through the, the New Testament uh, annually. Yep. Um, and you're right. However, as a Christian or as Christians, we have taken it and, I don't want to say twisted it, but we've taken it and modified it from what they did in... in Two thousand years ago, yep. as compared to what we do right. today, we, we modernized it, we, yeah. we humanized it a little yeah. bit, and uh, civilized so, it. But if you're a card carrying Quran towelhead, then you haven't. They, you know, this. I mean, my God, how barbaric can you get to bury a woman and throw rocks? Yeah, at her? I mean, to to stone her because she accused accuse people of raping her. That's the bad thing. I mean, and, and the irony here, David, is the, the liberals, the left, I know, they're not really liberal, they're far left militants here, and these are the, the, the Democrat Party, basically. 
they have this weird coalition saying the Demo- the Republicans have a war on women and that we don't like Muslims. And and, and, and the funny thing is, I, last time I haven't ever been to Saudi Arabia, but I'm pretty sure women can't drive there. I'm pretty sure women in Iran, Saudi Arabia, uh, maybe even Jordan. I mean, mo- most of those countries that we talk about that are actually part of our friendly coalition, I believe they make their women dress like head to toe. In, in, in robes all the time and, 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 and they have some form of Sharia law which basically makes a woman secondary in the household. They, uh, you know, <clears throat> interesting that you bring this up because you look at Iran under the Shah and you were too young, he was dead before you were born, I think. 79, uh, I was four. Uh, I was I was at Disney World. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> we look at the Shah, and, and everybody can say, oh, how terrible he was. Yeah. But you look back at Iran, they were extremely westernized. In the 70s, you look at all of the Middle East. And Af- the Afghanistan, Ka- Kabul. Have you seen that mem that shows Kabul, 1970s, uh, and Kabul, the and, and, then, and then Kabul, the 2014? Yeah. yeah, and it's like, wow, that is that is Islamic progress. Yeah, call backing up. Yeah. I think they must <laughs> take their training from the post office, the U.S. post office. <laughs> the DMV. Let's see how fast yeah. we can go backwards. Yeah, yeah. We're, 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 let's, let's go back to the Pony Express days, yeah. you know. So, uh, you know... Uh, I'm sure I, it's frustrating for you to see it. I mean, your son's, uh, you know, in the military right now, and, and, and uh, in theory, under the command of, of Barack Obama. In theory. Uh, we'll talk about that uh, off mic. Yeah, I was, I, <laughs> I was about to say, we, uh, we, we may be... We're probably bugged here anyway, just because we're the voice of freedom, as America's AmericasWebRadio.com. And um, i got to ask... Um, it, we got to give credit though. Fall is the most punctual season ever, isn't it? I mean, well, you, you woke up to. I mean, you woke up this morning, yesterday, or you know, a couple days ago. It's summertime. When I came and, in this morning, it was fifty-seven. Nice. That is awesome. And I mean, it literally the the, the crispness is in the air. So I award the season of fall plus ten for a punctual arrival. Would you Would you agree with that assessment? I would agree with that uh, most heartedly. Then well, again, it may be summertime next week. You know, I was about to say, um, I don't know if we can even say this anymore. We may have Indian summer. Can you even say Indian summer anymore without somebody calling you a racist? You can say Indian. You can't say redskin summer. Oh, that's right. right. <laughs> I can't say engine summer. Engine. Right? Right. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I might get excoriated by the tolerant left for for using the word Indian if I was describing a season. You know, mm. let me ask you something. You know, I, David, I always tell people, I'm not politically correct, I'm correct politically. Very good. Uh, and then that relates to my question, and that I, I don't know how a young fellow like you feels about it, but personally, I'm getting very sick and tired of the tail wagging the dog, be it atheist, be it the PC jerks or whoever, uh, you know, how many people really give a damn whether the Washington Redskins are called Redskins or the Washington goof-offs? Uh, you know, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's not a big deal. You know, compared to our economy, compared to jobs, compared to a lot of things. And and we got one little group that says, okay, uh, you can't pray before a football game. Well, if you don't like it, <laughs> Go out, get out of the stands. Go somewhere while we pray. You know, yeah. 
and but it's you it's, can't wave everything. your American flag outside your apartment because it may offend foreigners. Yeah, and that's in this I country saw that. now. Every day, and, and that one, you know, sometimes I've got to vet some of these news sources, but that was actually Yahoo or AP. It was it was a legit, it wasn't a far right wing news source. Which, granted, I I do come across some of this. I rarely quote information from there, but you got to figure if the National Enquirer is actually the one breaking all the Democrat sex scandals then maybe these far-right blog sites have a little bit more um, compelling info and more credibility than we lead on. Anyway, we're going to take our first break here. We'll be back with uh, Jeff Breedlove from georgiapundant.com in two and two. Thanks for listening. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules or if you marry a foreign national. Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net. This is Dr. Elena George with your health tip of the day. Did you know that sleep is an important weapon against infection? Sleep is important because it is restorative. During sleep, known as REM, The body recuperates and resets. For example, the immune system increases its activity and stress hormones drop. There is a correlation between sleep deprivation and frequent colds. The average adult should get 7 to 8 hours of uninterrupted sleep per night, and a child needs more since they are growing. Sleep hygiene is important to set a good foundation. Techniques to promote good quality restorative sleep include going to bed at the same time at night, avoiding alcohol or caffeine prior to bedtime, Avoiding exercise in the evening, reading to a young child at bedtime, avoidance of drinking fluids late in the evening, and avoidance of taking decongestants at bedtime. If you are having problems sleeping more than once a week, you should see a doctor for further evaluation. Please join me Wednesdays at 9 a.m. for Medicine on Call. This is America's WebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. And welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism only on America's WebRadio.com. I uh, was mentioned and I wanted to give fall plus 10 for punctual arrival and uh, joined here by my friend Jeff Breedlove from GeorgiaPundit.com as well as other various organizations here in Georgia. Jeff, I know you're a longtime listener, first time guest in the studio here at Greg's List. How how are you, bud? I'm great. It's good to be here. Uh, watched many episodes and uh, happy to be in the studio. Yeah. Well, you know, I was just talking about some of the uh, the, the foreign affairs um, before you you came in. Basically, um, you know, obviously we started airstrikes in Syria and we've been doing it uh, in Iraq. And it's um, it's interesting because it's, uh, the confidence I have in our armed forces and the volunteers that, that, that have signed up. To, to, to defend this country and its freedoms, I have a utmost confidence, 110% of them. But with an um, inept leader like Barack Obama in charge, who seems to maybe not listen to the, the folks that actually know what they're doing, I, it, it hurts my confidence in the actual goals of, of this campaign. So I, I don't know if you've been following it. I, I, I made a I, – I don't know if it's a joke, but I said, you know, Obama and the Democrats will never let an ISIS go to waste. So. Well, apparently today he was up at the United Nations and and blamed America literally within the hour and said, you know, we are we are to blame for what a lot of what's going on. 
Did he try to blame Bush by no, leaving blame a the whole country, our whole value system, right, everything we stand for? And uh, it's just a shame uh, that we have a, another president, much like Lyndon Johnson, tried to micromanage the Vietnam War, overrule his generals, not listen to his generals, his national security people. It seems once again that we have a president who is managing a a war for political purposes and putting the the young men and young women in our military and in, in harm's way. And that's a, that's a that's a tragedy for for our country. Well, and, and again, it's I, I do think it's uh, uh, that things have changed. Um, a year ago, when we were talking about uh, you know fighting Assad in Syria, the irony is now it seems like we're supporting Assad in Syria because ISIS is worse. It's like okay, whatever the worst of these uh, militant uh, Muslims is, we'll we'll arm their enemies because of the old adage, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Now it's like Assad is like the good guy, and and we're trying to, you know, arm those folks that are protecting him. I do think things change, though, when, you know, this this militant group, ISIS, which, again, is Islamic, unlike what Obama thinks, when they're cutting off heads of Americans... And British folks and kidnapping journalists and, and putting it on the internets for recruitment purposes, it, it shows you that, that something must be done to fight what is incontrovertible evil. There, there's, a, there's a saying that the only thing that evil needs to prevail is for good men to do nothing. And at a certain level, if, if we allow this barbarism to continue, we are doing nothing. Oh, every day that, that we do nothing. It inspires a, a young potential jihadist to go, I can do this too, and and these guys are going to win, and it's my future. This is where I live in my backyard. And so there are, are certainly good people in the Middle East that, that are, are Muslim, but they are, they are victims too of this, of this naked aggression by these barbarians. And the world looks to the United States, and right now the prime minister of the United Kingdom, David Cameron, is being more... Uh, forceful, more aggressive to stand up to this tyranny mm-hmm. than the president of the United States, and that's uh, nothing against David Cameron, but that should not be the case, right? Well, especially since the Brits are traditionally farther to the the left than we are. Now, Tony Blair was certainly a, a great leader. I have the utmost respect for Tony Blair, and um, when we were really taking the fight to these extremists over there with George W. Bush, who, you know, should we have invaded Iraq? That's debatable. Of course, we should have gone into Afghanistan, and we and we won that. And, and the only reason we're behind in Afghanistan and Iraq is because of the the you know the Obama and his administration's timid nature. They they want to say, oh, we've ended all the wars. We'll lead from behind, and and if we're nice, and everybody else in the world will be nice. But they're not understanding the reason that we've had this rise of militant Islam. It's because the people in those countries are very poor. They have no future, and they get dominated by theocratic rulers. It's very similar to there's there there will never be complete anarcho-capitalism, much to the chagrin of some of my Ron Paul listeners out there. Anarcho-capitalism will eventually devolve into something like a Somalia or an Afghanistan where you have just a lawless country, but anything that goes in there, you're going to be run by criminals or, or, or war tribunals or something like that. That's what we're finding out in the Middle East. When we leave a vacuum there, what rises up? People that use the Koran as, as, as their guiding principle, and, they, and, they, and instead of updating it and modernizing it like modern-day Christians, because I was telling David, I said, you read the Bible, there's biblical justice. We just don't do that anymore. 
the, the these militant Muslims, they're like think that they need to copy exactly what Muhammad did 1,300 years ago verbatim. Oh, and they intimidate the leadership. I've been to Egypt. I've been to Egypt with uh, the American Council of Young Political Leaders and the State Department, and we've met members of the Muslim Brotherhood uh, across the table. And these folks are committed to, to what they believe in, and they have no use for uh, any type of compromise. They, they do not have any use for Jews or, or Christians uh, whatsoever. And if, if we allow that small but but active and dangerous minority sect to take over these 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 wonderful lands uh kill these 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 folks that live there that are otherwise peaceful i heard you guys talking about how uh beautiful some of the cities used to be you know the most the most spectacular city was beirut lebanon it was it was like paris it was called the paris of of the mediterranean and my pastor, Michael Youssef at Church of the Apostles, the big church on 75, he's from Egypt. And he, uh, he writes regularly at michaelyoussef.com and preaches occasionally about what's going on over there from the perspective of someone that was born and raised there. Is he a there. Coptic Christian? or um, No, we're, we're sort of Anglican, uh, okay. kind of an Anglican congregation. But, no uh, you know, he, he knows firsthand, and, and, and we've been blessed to have uh, – Reports from the region, and 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 you know, this is a we we have folks over there that want to stand up, uh, do the right thing, but uh, it all starts at the top, and it all starts with the president of the United States of America setting the tone, because these people need to know if they put their lives on the line, if they put their businesses on the line, they put their families on the line, that the United States has their back. And right now, under Barack Obama, no one is willing in those local communities, in those nations, to do that because they don't trust that Barack Obama will follow through. Yeah, David, what, I mean, do you think that uh, some of the military advisors uh, in this country would almost be afraid or, or maybe intimidated to actually speak their mind to the president for risk of worry of being fired? Because, I mean, a couple years ago when, I, you know, when, when we first started the show, Obama had fired 30 flag generals. Um, so what flag, do you, what, flag off flag off they, they were okay. both in the uh, they were in all branches of the military okay I mean just the cross section of folks that had been there a long time he just didn't like them and there was conspiracy theories at the time that well those are generals that said they would never fire on Americans and fortunately even at, with Obama's best efforts he has not been able to stop capitalism he has not been able to stop this great country from recovering you know, to answer your question, uh, I, I think there's so many underlying things. And, and as I mentioned to you before, once you once you become a bird colonel, you get out of the military, or you get once you become a colonel, or or in the navy, uh, you become an admiral, or or uh, even up as far as a captain or a commander goes, mm-hmm. you get out of that branch and you're into politics. And and which is a shame, but that's that's the way it is in the military, to a degree. And uh, until you're in a, a very hot war, and then you have the your commanding officers that are on in theater or in country or whatever. I think there was a lot more going on than Dempsey. I've been very pleased with him standing up and saying what he said. Then he got his hand slapped, and he backed away a little bit but then he came back again and uh, you know I the military if, if a person hasn't been in the military and I and I was only in a short time and I was certainly no hero or anything else but 
it's it's the largest fraternity in the world, uh-huh. and uh, they're always going to be you know there, there's the thing well will they take up arms against the citizenry? There will always be some that would, uh-huh. but the majority no. And even your your highest ranking officers, they swear an allegiance, as did I, to support the Constitution. Uh, I take orders or would take orders from the commander-in-chief and, and my ranking officer okay. or whatever. But um, the allegiance only goes so far. And the, and the stopping point is, yes, you take orders from your commander-in-chief to a point, but you have right to question him, too. Your allegiance is to the Constitution. And, I and think once he breaks the Constitution, then... And that's one of the most interesting things. We've seen this on Fox News, on, on CNN, and, and, and I think across uh, the major mainstream media television, more and more leaks are coming out of the Pentagon. And that's on purpose. It's because there seems to be a sense of, of, of aggravation among the leadership in, in the military that the president is just disregarding objective, uh, dispassionate you know, military advice for, for the sake of politics. And uh, he went out of his way, it seems like, uh, last week when he flew to Tampa and reiterated uh, no boots on the ground for, for domestic political purposes just to uh, almost smite the, the, the generals after they had given their testimony in, before Congress. And, and as long as the commander-in-chief is the politician-in-chief, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, young men and young women who are on the front line of freedom, their lives are going to be in danger. As, as Greg well knows, you don't you don't have to tell me <laughs> that that I happen to be there and and still there. You know we uh, you can't. As I was mentioning to Greg, I could still get over a commander in chief that's never been there, never done that, never met. You know you get shot at and it, it, it's a it's quite a awakening to you. You know. I could still go along with him if he would take the the people that have been there, their advice. He shouldn't be the one, just like you said with Lyndon Johnson. Uh, Obama has no right to pick the targets. He doesn't. He has no clue. He has no clue. He should. His best authority would be in saying, "I'm turning it over to you. You brief me on what we need to do, and then." I'll get it through Congress. I'll back you. We'll support you. Uh, that's why you got the stars on your shoulders, and let it go at that. And and you could support him. And we're seeing interesting things domestically. Just just today, uh, former U.S. Senator uh, Webb from Virginia says he's going to look very seriously at entering the Democrat primary for president. You have Hillary Clinton kind of distancing herself <laughs> from from Obama, but yet you also have Elizabeth Warren. And, and, I think uh, there's a governor of Montana, too, which was really interesting. His name is Brian something. He's Brian Schweitzer. Yeah. Uh, you also have Bernie Sanders from Vermont, who openly is socialist. Uh, at least he's honest about it. The rest and, of, and, the rest and, of his and he caucuses with the Democrats, too. That should tell you all something, America. Uh, you know, they like to say how the Republican <laughs> Party is split all the time. Yeah. Well, frankly, the Democrat Party at a national level is very much split over this. Understood. Uh, well, let's, um, let's take our uh, 2.30 break here and uh, switch it to politics, because that... Um, Again, the the military situation, it is political and it has a lot of undertones with immigration, but uh, let's talk election politics coming back on Greg's list. We'll see in two minutes. Who is or what is USJF? 
It is a nonprofit legal organization founded to protect our rights through the U.S. Constitution. Active in educating the public, USJF has also contributed directly and indirectly to legal defense efforts in many celebrated cases involving fundamental conservative principles. Cases of note include the Mount Soledad Cross case, the Arizona Immigration Law case, the Obama eligibility cases, the NDAA illegal detention issue, and many more. Help this nonprofit as they help you. Visit www.usjf.net today. Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Have you heard of quantitative fluid analysis? Commonly called QFA, this test assesses your body at a cellular level and gives insight into your illness. Peachtree Ear, Nose, and Throat Center offers the QFA, an FDA-approved test that can often provide early diagnosis of conditions before they can be detected with other tests. Dr. Elena George believes in an integrative approach to medicine. She believes in treating the problem and not the symptom. Following a review of your results, Dr. George will suggest treatment approaches such as nutritional counseling and or the of pharmaceutical-grade enzymes and nutritional supplements. Surgery and prescription medication will be recommended only when necessary. Peachtree Ear, Nose, and Throat Center is located in Atlanta at 1776 Peachtree Road Northwest in Suite 260 North Tower, two blocks south of Piedmont Hospital. They are open Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. until 4 p.m. Additional details are available at www.peachtreeentcenter.com. Call their office at 404-591-9100 to make an appointment and mention that you heard this ad on Radio Sandy Springs and get 10% off of QFA testing. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism, only on AmericasWebRadio.com. Great conversation today, talking a, a little bit about uh, foreign policy and the United States and its airstrike campaign now, which is underway against Syria and Iraq. Wanted to kind of circle back to um, election season, as, uh, as, as those of you all that uh, listen in the country, no, we're about 40 days away from the most important election of our... Nah, I'm just, actually, this one is not really being sold or billed as the most important election. It's it's an important one, to be sure. And today is actually National Re- uh, Voter Registration Day, which I have been uh, promoting for my own campaign. I'm trying to get as many Republicans and independents and people that believe in common sense conservative solutions for this country registered not only in my Senate district, which is Senate District 42, but also the the state of Georgia to increase the Republican base here. At this, you know, we may not be able to keep pace with the the Democrats' uh, voter fraud, but at least if we can uh, keep pace with. Growing our base instead of just always trying to to get them out to the polls. Let's grow our base on that level. And when we're looking at the local politics and the national politics, the the first thing we got to look at is the United States Senate. The 
American people always hear this thing that we have a do-nothing Congress. The reality is we have a do-nothing Senate. In fact, uh, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, a.k.a. the Crypt Keeper, has more than 300 bills from the House of Representatives, many of which do things like limit regulation and build important um, infrastructure projects like the Keystone Pipeline and create private sector or, or help create private sector jobs. So apparently Mr. Reed doesn't like those and they're just stacking up on his desk. So it's critical that the, the Republicans win six seats and hold the ones like Georgia, Kentucky, and Kansas, which for some reason is in trouble, hold those seats and win six, which uh, three of them look pretty good right now. And we're going to talk uh, to Jeff Breedlove here about his analysis on, um, on, on how to take control of the Senate on the federal level. Jeff, what do you, you know we've got three. We've got West Virginia, Montana, and um, I think it's Arkansas. Is Arkansas? South, 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 South Dakota. Dakota. So those three are in the bank, basically. Pretty much so. Pretty much so. Uh, you know, over at Georgia Pundit, georgiapundit.com, be remiss if I didn't mention our great editor, Todd Ream, of course. And you can find us on Twitter, at GA Pundit. You know, we've we've been looking at the, the national Senate race, and, and we agree. I mean, Montana, uh, the Republican nominee in the real color politics is up by 19. It's all but over. The, the incumbent senator dropped out for um, some plagiarism reasons, and, and the young lady state representative they threw in there. I mean, bless her heart, it's not her fault. Is that the one that's a little bit crazy? She's a little bit. Okay. Uh, she's a little bit different. Okay. And uh, the one that makes YouTube videos yeah, where yeah, she's a yeah, drunk. And, and, no, and I, I like her kind of. I mean, no, she she's not going to win that race, and and Montana's going to go uh, uh, back to to the red column. South Dakota, very popular former governor Mike Rounds is running. Um, this is a situation where even the, the Democratic Senatorial Committee did not get behind their their, their nominee out right. there in a serious manner. Uh, former Governor Rounds is up by, by basically 14 points, and it's that's all but over. Another interesting one is, is West Virginia, yeah. where you have two females who are the nominees. Uh, these are very prominent females, the Democrats, Secretary of State right now, and mm-hmm. the uh, Republican nominee, uh, Capito, is a, a member of Congress. And she has got a 19-point lead. And I think this is a very real example in West Virginia of where Barack Obama's policies are impacting and going to cost the Democrats the seat. Of course, this is over coal. Uh, it has it has all but killed war the on coal, the war on American energy. It really has, and it's killed uh, it's killed any Democrat hope of West Virginia. You can put that solid even Mansion was thinking about switching parties, and, and that would be something interesting. We talk about that after your right. analysis, but uh, now that how cool would that be? Oh, it would be amazing. <laughs> we 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 look at um, Alaska, where the incumbent senator ran some pretty controversial commercials trying mm-hmm. to slam the Republican yeah. nominee, who's the Attorney General, on a what, in essence, was a, a sexual murder of a, of a minor child involving the grandparents, and it was just an ugly situation. Right. It seems to have backfired on the Democrat, that negative, over-the-top politics, and now uh, uh, Republican nominee Dan Sullivan's up by three points. It's okay. been consistent in a few polls. You look for that uh, seat to turn back to its traditional Republican uh, red. Yeah. You look at Arkansas, where Tom Cotton is the Republican nominee yeah. against a, a long decorated military member, young too, under young, 40. young man, member of Congress, represents the swing part of the state, by the way, okay. which is really helping him carry is that Little Rock. Again? It's it's the southwestern corner of the state. Okay, and look, uh, he's he's two two point five points ahead in the polls. Uh, that's pretty good. It's a very swing state. Of course, uh, we have Huckabee and, and the Clintons coming out of Arkansas, so it's a, it's a, it is a swing state. But we look we look for All that. that. It was heavy for for Romney back. I think it was sixty five thirty five for Romney. So. Right, and, and and I think in Louisiana you're going to see a situation where 
Mary Landrew, who who did has distinguished her herself with the, the LSU beer truck. The keg stands? Yeah, the that beer, was yeah. awesome. We, that was, we talked about that with Congressman Price, and uh, the Emory kids had not uh, seen the uh, the keg stand photos. Uh, but, picture's um, worth a thousand <laughs> words. It's also worth about ten thousand votes. I got. <laughs> <laughs> I got to say, I I I hate that we, um, you know, that we we hurt politicians so much for for trying to. Um, you know, be one of the people. In fact, if she had not been wearing like a a, a pants suit and high heels, and it had looked not as staged, I I might not have been so so much against it because it clearly looked like those kids were not in college. They were clearly a few years out. And, and hell, it, it is Louisiana. That might have won her some votes. Well, it might it, it might have. I I don't. But you know what we're seeing is we have we're going to have a um, they have a, a very different voting system in Louisiana, and, and there yeah. will be a um, there'll be a runoff. It will not be decided until December. It looks like um, Congressman Bill Cass. He's up almost six points on her right now across the board. Looks like he will emerge with her, and we won't know that determination until December. Mm. But we look uh, for for her to lose. So that will be a pickup. Then you're you're looking at um, North Carolina with Kay Hagan. Kay Hagan's up by two points in the polls She's right now. She's hanging in there. But for an incumbent, if, if that were the case in Georgia, Republicans would be freaking out. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution would be saying it's all over. You know, this is not good news for Kay Hagan where the Democrats had their convention in Charlotte to be only up by two points with basically 40 days to go. She's in serious trouble. Uh, It is too close to call. Who's the the Republican nominee? The Republican nominee in North Carolina is Tom Tills. He's a a Senate, but he was a state senator. House Speaker, Speaker of the House. He's not exactly the most charismatic guy. He's had a few stumbles, but he's holding tight. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to come down to, to election night. So we don't know on that one. But here's the shocker. We're seeing in Colorado Representative Cory Gardner, uh, U.S. Congressman Cory Gardner, with an eight-point consistent lead in the past two weeks over longtime uh, iconic uh, Senator Mark Udall. And that's Democrat In Colorado, Democrat Mark Udall. This is a major earthquake. And for the Republicans to pick up Colorado, which hosted the first Barama a Barack Obama convention in in, in it was 2008. a barometer. A barometer. And with all the, the, the social politics that have been going on in Denver uh, and across the state. Yeah. This is a big deal. And look for Colorado to be a major Republican pickup. You have Georgia and Kentucky in play. Yeah. Uh, David Perdue's been holding steady with about a five-point lead as Michelle Nunn implodes here in Georgia yeah. with, with that with that. I mean, report. she literally needs a passport to go south of Atlanta. Oh, she absolutely <laughs> – She M- Michelle Nunn can write yeah. Macon South off. She doesn't need to go there. That's the good news for her. The bad news for her is she's in serious trouble. That, that leaked internal document was one of the most disdainful things you've ever seen out of right. a serious campaign. In Kentucky, Mitch McConnell has, has seemed to stabilize himself. Yeah. They were definitely after him. He seems to be holding a four-point lead in, in, in the polls. Yeah. And, and you look for Mitch McConnell to return. But but you're right. You referenced earlier. The one that... Uh, Kansas. Kansas of all is places. The, is the thing. We're in Kansas now, Toto. We're in Toto in Kansas. And look, the independent Mr. Orman, who's a multimillionaire self-funder, he's up by six points. And that's going to be a problem for Pat Roberts now, to make that gap up. Now, who independent caucus with? Is he, mo- is he more of a Democrat? Well, that's the question of the day. Okay. And I don't think either caucus has, has been out bragging that he's their man. I don't think he's going to tip his hat. I will say it was kind of sad. They, they bought Bob Dole back from Washington, D.C. They took him out to a shopping mall in Kansas. And, you know, he is um, he, he didn't look in great health. Nothing excites the Republican base more than Bob Dole. No, it doesn't. And, uh, you know, the people of Kansas, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> they know it, and we know it, and you know it. And uh, 
It, it, it hey, looked, uh, we're going to send Dole. That if, talk, with Bob Dole is your talk, answer, talk you're about, in big talk trouble. Talk about a lack of vote of confidence. Hey, uh, we know you're in trouble, Mr. Roberts. We're sending Dole. So the good news <laughs> is Colorado seems to be moving Republicans away. The bad okay. news is Kansas, Kansas seems well, to be slipping out okay. of their grasp. So it may be. Where Republicans, now, does Scott Brown have any chance? Scott Brown election? has gotten some momentum on social media, mm. but he remains about 11 points behind. Okay. That's, a, that's a big gap to make up in that state. Yeah. I will say if they're going to make one up, that is a shocker. It will be him. It's a small enough state. It has voted for Republicans. Mm-hmm. And that could tilt. But you can't say today that uh, Senator Shaheen is in trouble. Now, I think Oregon might be in play. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. I'd like it to be. I've mm-hmm. I've lived in Oregon. And I have a lot of friends in Oregon, but yeah. I don't think that's going to go. Now, where right. are the Democrats? Let me ask you this: Are the Democrats going to have to make a choice between spending resources in Georgia versus North or North Carolina? Of course they will. Oh, okay, so so when do you think we'll see the ramifications of that? When will we know? Okay, Democrats have written off Michelle Nunn. Her last name describes her chances for victory in Georgia. So we're going to dump everything to Kay Hagan. Oh, I think about 30 days out. 30 days. Okay. So, so about, so, about so, another 10 I mean, days I mean, so. we're literally now at this time, it's like, okay, I look at it as, as football weeks for, for University of Georgia. we got Texas Tech represented here in Georgia State who now has a has a great football team as well. But that's how I look at it. It's like, okay, we've got four more Georgia games. Oh, right. They'll start making those buys. 30, 30 days out okay. for the last two and three weeks of the campaign. And I, where those buys are made will tell us what, what, what the National their Party's internal, What right. their internal numbers are saying. Because all, you've got to understand, in Todd, the, the editor that uh, you referenced before, has is, is got a pretty renowned sense of polling and has always been accurate. I had Mark Roundtree on the program uh, about a month ago, and he had it, what people were trying to call an outlier poll with Landmark, basically, because he gave the African-American vote 30% in Georgia. We've seen other polls that have it up at 33%. But the bottom line is Governor Deal and David Perdue are pretty much winning across the board. We have a lot of undecideds. The Libertarians are polling extremely well, and the Libertarians simply never get that high of a vote come Election Day. They, they either don't get their people out, and, and if you think about it, a Libertarian is very likely, if they get a phone call, they're very likely to speak their mind about what what's going on, right? Oh, my God, this is easy. I wish I could vote from, you know. But oh, no, there's no question about that. And, you know, Georgia, the race may be closer than, than Republicans won't. Now, I'm certainly a Republican and Georgia pundit. We, you know, we support Republicans. But at the end of the day, right now, unless there's some new development, Governor Deal and David Perdue are going to win their, their, their elections. Right. Uh, and, and, and I don't see any of the constitutional officers losing their elections no, Yeah, No, I mean, the constitutional officers are, are in even better shape because they're, you know, the people running against them are, are virtual unknowns. But anyway, we're going to take our final break here and maybe uh, you know switch over to talk a little bit about the governor's race and the, uh, the more down-ballot constitutional officers here in the great state of Georgia back in two minutes on Greg's List. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and, when necessary, taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government, as well as those involved in legal cases, have also called the USJF a bulldog. 
for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel. Every day, the Israeli Defense Force finds itself on the front line of the war with the militant arm of Islam. Surrounded by enemies from within and without, they fight for the only Jewish state. Military service is mandatory, ladies serving two years and men serving three right out of high school. While young people in other democracies are busy traveling or attending university, Israeli men and women gear up for basic training. In a world of heads of state, politicians, ambassadors, diplomats, and a leftist media, many times our voice <laughs> at the grassroots it. level is drowned out. Like your, your so we started an ongoing project <laughs> called Hershey's for Heroes. In China, they Patriot conservatives from all over the U.S. are sending Hershey's chocolate bars with a note of thanks for defending Israel. Won't you join us by sending a sweet message to the IDF? For information, please see my Facebook page at Michael Gano. Thank you, God bless Patriot conservatives, and God bless Israel in her struggle for sovereignty and security. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. This is AmericasWebRadio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. Welcome back to Greg's List Live, the home of serious journalism on AmericasWebRadio.com. Lots of great programs. I know some of y'all listen to mine and maybe switch it back to Q100 so you can hear a, another Taylor Swift song. But I do encourage you guys to stay tuned. We've, uh, we've got a lot of great programs on this station, a lot of opportunities for uh, people to advertise. We have more than 80,000. We have 80,000 page views a month now, David. More than 80,000 page views. Once you get over 50,000, that actually means that uh, advertising on a uh, on a web page gets you a lot of uh, bang for the buck, so to speak. We're here with Jeff Breedlove from georgiapundit.com and a couple of other things. Um, I know you've got going on uh, something called Liberty Guard with uh, former Congressman Bob Barr. wanted to talk about that for just a, a second, see what uh, what you got going on with that. Well, sure. Bob Barr, a former U.S. congressman, is, is a champion of liberty and liberty issues and he started liberty guard it's on the web at libertyguard.org they're also on facebook and twitter and you know his his mission there is to to hold elected officials and um, government officials accountable for for legislation and regulations that impact our liberty both on a constitutional level things like taxation and 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 the nsa and all that but also on a practical level on, on rules and regulations that impact our lives every day in the real world, such as one a piece of legislation that Johnny Isaacson ironically did manage to get past Harry Reid's Senate last week, which is a, a ban that the uh, Food and Drug Administration has on some over, uh, over-the-counter sun, suntan lotion, believe it or not. It's sold all over the world. Even the EU has passed it. And, and you know, the, the, the FDA just simply is, is micromanaging uh, a product sold literally around the world and saying Americans can't buy that. Don't have the choice to buy that. You know, that's not going to change the the history of the world from a constitutional perspective, 
But it's just another example of overregulation mm-hmm. by an out-of-control Washington, D.C. government. And, and guys like Senator Isaacson, when, when they want to, to repeal laws and regulations mm-hmm. that, that limit our liberty, we want to make sure that there's a, a group of Americans out there who will have their back. Like a scorecard. I mean, because a lot of times people have asked what uh, you know my campaign platform for, for my race is. And I say, look... If elected, I'm going to go and repeal bad laws. That'll be my focus. We we have enough laws in the state of Georgia and on a federal level. I mean, if just look at the tax code, for God's sake. That's that's a whole tax law right there. But when you look at some of the onerous regulations just here in the state of Georgia, for instance, uh, the, the car manufacturer Tesla, for some reason, the state of Georgia doesn't want them to be able to sell more than 150 cars per year. Now, that's a dumb law. And, and if you look at what, what it takes to be able to sell used cars in the state of Georgia, you have to fill out a 20-page application. You have to take a, a, a an approved class from the state of Georgia to be able to sell a used car. You have to uh, pay all these licensing fees and registration fees, and, and, and you have to have um, you know public property and, and a business site. You basically wouldn't be able to sell a car out of your yard. That technically is illegal right now. And, and folks, all of this onerous regulation is so you can sell an 85 Chevy. I mean, you, you've got to look at some of these things and say, why are rules, the barriers of entry, so difficult to cross? And it's because of cronyism. Oh, it's, it's because, because of cronyism. Of, it's because of protectionism. It's yep. because you get an automobile dealer association that is afraid of new competition. And it's, it's very similar to what you were just referring to. Oh, it's where, outrageous. Where a suntan lotion that everywhere else on the planet you can buy, the USDA says or the FDA says, no, you can't, Americans. You can't have the choice to buy this. Maybe it's made with something that's um, – is that, is that what the problem oh, right. is? It's it's, with oil or right. some kind of petroleum? So, and, yeah, and it doesn't matter if it's, if it's, uh, it, it's made Tesla with, it's or made Uber. With Cuban, it's made with Cuban, Cuban oil. Cuban oil, which we can't import. No, <laughs> what, whether it's Tesla or, or, or Uber – you know, we do have friends in, in state government. We both do, and, and you know, we, we all like each other. But at the end of the day, what what conservatism is about, what capitalism and free enterprise is about, is, a, is, a, is letting everybody compete in a free and open market. And you know what? The free market will decide which products succeed. Right. But the consumers and the taxpayers deserve to, to make these choices. And, I agree. And, you know, you've been a, a strong advocate for for opening up uh, markets in Georgia. And there is a difference between being Republican and conservative. But the problem is down at the state capitol is these conservatives, they need some reinforcements. Yeah. They, they, need, they need reinforcements from other conservatives running and, and hopefully winning. And they need, they need the uh, conservatives around the state in nonpartisan manners like Liberty Guard to get out there and get organized uh-huh. so that if they are willing to take a stand legislatively, that they know that people are standing with them. Right. And and that's what you know. Like, like that's you what's going to make the difference. Like when you have Americans for Prosperity standing with you, and, and when you're hosting a press conference uh, to media about the onerous regulations against Uber and Lyft, the rideshare companies. I was very proud to have Joel Aaron and, and uh, some of his folks from AFP last year with me at that press conference because it adds oomph when they send out a newsletter to 100,000 of their subscribers in the state of Georgia. It builds awareness. That's so exactly right. I completely right. understand. I was it. at that press conference, and, and Joel did a great job, and, and, and Georgia Pundit, thanks to Joel, we went to Dallas to their to their <clears> most <throat> recent, about 
over to Labor Day weekend, okay. defending the American Dream Summit. Listen, there were almost 4,000 people in Dallas, Texas, from around the country. I think every state was represented. And, and these, were, these were regular folks who used their vacation money, their vacation time, to come to Dallas and stand up for economic liberty and economic freedom. You know, there's hope out there. Yeah. But what, what we have to do as people that love liberty is we have to engage every I'd also say one thing about the governor's race and the Senate race in Georgia to bring that. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we live in Grant Park. You know, uh, our state senator is Nan Orrock. Not exactly and, a bastion of well, far right. That's, that's what I'm going to say. Nan Orrock brags to me. She's a, a nice lady. Uh, she's my state senator. She says, Jeff, you know you live in the bluest of the blue. We love you anyways. <laughs> and, and, you know, here's, here's the serious point of that. The voter enthusiasm in the Democrat precincts that I live in for Jason Carter and Michelle Nunn, it's real. They're enthused. They want to go vote. It is essential, if you love liberty in Georgia, that you put a yard sign in your yard, a bumper sticker on your car, supporting David Perdue and Nathan Deal. We have got to stand up for liberty. No one's perfect, but these two candidates espouse the values that we all support. And if we don't turn out and we don't vote and we don't do what Greg's been doing, and that's go somewhere and encourage somebody you know to vote. For heaven's sakes, in Georgia, the Secretary of State, Brian Kemp, has got on the official website an app that you can download onto your smartphone. You can register to vote from anywhere your your smartphone is active. You don't even have to go anywhere anymore yeah, to register it's, to vote. It's pretty, I mean, and, and that's what I added on my website, votegregwilliams.com. There is a register to vote icon on there. takes you directly to the Secretary of State site. So we don't need to be worried that the Democrats are riding MARTA and registering people to vote. If we just get our own folks and, and get them excited about the Republican ticket, we need to talk about govern, under Governor Deal's leadership, we've created the six most net jobs in the country. Oh, it's amazing the, the, what I mean, Governor Deal has done on jobs. That, I, and that was without the Port of Savannah being deepened. Now, I, with, with David Perdue, I, w- I will say this. David Perdue went through a very heated primary. Mm-hmm. He is battle-tested, he is. and he had a very successful career in the private sector as CEO creating jobs. So he's clearly he's battle-tested, and he's business-savvy, and that is what we need in Washington, D.C., not not some some insider who's coached to death by her consultants named, uh, whose, whose resume is, is three words, Sam Nunn's daughter. That is the absolute wrong course for Georgians to take. We, we, we are moving in, in the quote-unquote right direction in this state. Are we where we want to be? Of course not. But are we headed in the right direction? Do you not see construction cranes everywhere? Do you not see the restaurants and the, and, and, and the bars? Do you not see them full? I was in Roswell a couple weeks ago. And, and I mean, literally, the downtown Roswell area, I, I felt like I was in Midtown, Dave. I mean, except for some of the, the, the clothing. But... <laughs> Or lack of, if you will. But, I mean, literally, the cafes and the bars, people are out. And it's because we have put in Republican policies, just like Scott Walker did in Wisconsin, Governor Deal has here in Georgia. There's absolutely no reason to not reelect Governor Deal and to give David Perdue a chance to go up and bring some of his business savvy to Washington, D.C. Well, you're so right about uh, David Perdue in particular. He is battle-tested. I was at almost all of those Senate debates. Yeah. He was he was one of the most disciplined candidates, but he was also a candidate out there who was not afraid to speak up at these debates. You know, I, I met Sam Nunn 
And I think uh, you know my message to Michelle Nunn is you know I, I've met Sam Nunn, I know Sam Nunn too, and, and Michelle Nunn is no Sam Nunn. <laughs> and the way you prove that is this: look at the entities, the organizations that endorsed Sam Nunn when he was standing for the, elections. The NRA. Those are groups that are endorsing David Perdue now. Right. So she, the only thing she has in common with her father politically, is their last name. Yeah. From an ideological perspective, the same groups that supported her dad. Are supporting David Perdue, and that should tell everybody all and you need Sam to know Nunn about Michelle Nunn. Was well respected in Georgia. Was he a conservative Democrat like his reputation is? No, no, not really. But he he was a strong supporter of the military, and he could go south of Macon without needing a passport. Well, of course, so, and and the whole the whole Governor Deal situation. You know, Governor Deal. There's there's no other governor in the state who has had three independent, including uh, MSNBC. Entities rank a state number one for jobs right. and number one for doing again, business in their state. And I want to reiterate, and that was before the federal government approved deepening the port oh, of exactly. Savannah, which will do nothing but grow jobs. We want to thank Jeff Breedlove from GeorgiaPundit.com. And as always, thank David for uh, for helping out uh, producing the show and, and, and giving us uh, his opinions on, on some of the military issues that face this country. See you next week on Greg's List. Well, you can see us or listen to us on AmericasWebRadio.com. Thank you, as always, for listening. We'll see you next week.